Welcome to KiteLine, a weekly radio program from WFHB that focuses on issues in the prison system and beyond. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand to hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on KiteLine, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. Before starting with this week's theme, we wanted to share some prison-related news and announcements. Almost four years ago, the Center for Constitutional Rights reached an important settlement in the federal class action lawsuit, Ashker versus Governor of California, that ended indeterminate long-term solitary confinement in all California state prisons. At the time, the state of California agreed to move nearly 1,500 inmates from indefinite solitary confinement to the general population. It turns out that now prisoners in so-called level four general population facilities are being forced to spend even more time isolated in their cells than before. And those who are supposed to receive more opportunities for social interaction have been placed on so-called walk-alone status. They have virtually no social interaction and are confined to limited outdoor activities in small cages. In July 2018, a district court ruled that both practices violated the 2015 settlement. The center has filed a brief opposing California's attempt to reverse those rulings and documenting the conditions at level four facilities and the treatment of walk-alone prisoners. Back in 2015, Texas, Arizona, and Nebraska each purchased 1,000 vials of execution drugs from a man in India. In 2017, the FDA formally denied the shipments, ruling that it's illegal to import the drug. The FDA deemed the vials to be, quote, unapproved and mislabeled. The FDA also said that the government is legally bound by a 2012 injunction that prohibits the states from allowing the execution drug, Theopental, into the country. The FDA decision was upheld by the D.C. Circuit Court. The blocked shipments effectively averted hundreds of executions. Since 2015, states have followed through with approximately 25 executions per year, a significant drop-off from prior decades. If the Department of Justice's opinion survives litigation and the FDA cannot regulate lethal injunction, injection drugs, then states could eventually be allowed to import and administer them with unknown oversight. Fight Toxic Prisons is an annual convergence bringing together prison abolition and environmental justice movements. FTP stresses the participation of current and former prisoners, whether over the phone, via statements, or in person. It was launched initially to oppose the construction of a prison on top of a former mountaintop removal mine in Letcher County, Kentucky. Just this week, the Bureau of Prisons rescinded approval for the controversial prison under pressure from local and national organizers. FTP 2019 begins today, June 14th, in Gainesville, Florida. More information can be found at fighttoxicprisons.wordpress.com. Delaware prosecutors announced that they will drop all remaining charges against three men who were indicted for a fatal uprising at the James Bond Correctional Center in 2017. Seven of the eight men who are incarcerated at Vaughn have already been found not guilty, 
and one man was found guilty of lesser charges. We have heard the jury speak loud and clear that it would be futile to proceed forward with any more trials, said Attorney General Kathy Jennings. Dwayne Statz, the only person to be convicted of murder in connection with the case, testified that he organized the uprising as a protest to get the attention of Governor John Carney. The nonprofit Columbia Legal Services has revealed that 210 incarcerated people died in Washington state jails from 2005 to 2016. In this report, the legal services noted that, quote, many of these deaths are entirely avoidable, caused in part by society's failure to properly care for the many people with mental illness, traumatic brain injuries, cognitive disabilities, and substance abuse disorders who end up behind bars, end quote. Over 70% of the deaths occurred within 14 days after the prisoner was booked into the jail. The leading cause of death was suicide, accounting for 42% of the deaths. Suicide caused 33% of women's deaths and 45% of men's. Of the 210 prisoners who died, 45 were women and 165 were men. Illness was the second leading cause of death in both men and women. Withdrawal symptoms were another major cause of death. This week, we have several kites, or messages, from people inside and outside of the prison walls. First up, we have a statement that was recorded for us on behalf of Keith Malik Washington, who's housed in a Texas prison. In his statement, he talks about the negative health impacts of prison, along with other human rights issues. We also then hear a message from a member of the Vaughn 17, a group of prisoners in Delaware that we've covered before. After that, we return to speaking with Brandon Ackerson, Brandon is a 36-year-old survivor of an 18-year prison sentence. Newly released, we spoke with Brandon last month, who told us about his story and read us some of the poetry he wrote while he was inside. Now, Brandon reads excerpts from two more poems and also speaks to us about his transition to the outside and moving on after prison. And let's get started now with Comrade Malik. Peace and blessings to the KiteLine Radio family. My name is Sloan Rucker, and I am the free world media rep for the in-prison slavery in Texas movement. The chief spokesperson for our movement is a Texas prisoner named Keith Malik Washington, but most of us just know him as Comrade Malik. Malik has a message he wanted me to share with all of you about the movement and toxic prison conditions in Texas and beyond. I think it is important for all of you to know that Malik is a pretty outspoken correspondent for the campaign to fight toxic prisons. Fight Toxic Prisons will be having their fourth annual convergence in Gainesville, Florida, between June 14th and June 17th. I cannot be in attendance to support this extremely important campaign, but I urge you all to do so. Without further delay, here is Comrade Malik. Revolutionary greetings, sisters and brothers. How y'all doing up there in the Hoosier state of Indiana? It's me reporting in from behind enemy lines. Now, if y'all don't know, people call me Comrade Malik. I'm an imprisoned journalist, activist, and freedom fighter trapped inside a solitary confinement unit down here in South Texas. Y'all see and read the news, so you already know. If Texas doesn't give a damn about these children who are caged like animals because they seek asylum, you know damn well they don't give a damn about me or anyone else who is locked up in one of these slave camps and gulags. 
Our topic today is toxic prisons. In Texas, we have a very pervasive and systemic problem of toxic and contaminated water supplies in our prisons. I'm actually an expert on this topic, and I've reported extensively on it in the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper and on my website, comrademalik.com. In fact, one of the co-founders of the Campaign to Fight Toxic Prisons helped me expose arsenic-contaminated water at a prison in Navasota, Texas in 2015. This prison, known as the PAC unit, houses many elderly and infirm prisoners, so you would think that the state would have had a vested interest in their health and safety? They did not. Paniotti Soklas a Fight Toxic Prisons did not ignore my plea for help and mutual aid when I requested to expose this arsenic contamination. I was retaliated against harshly for taking part in the exposure of this problem and punitively transferred for speaking truth to power. And this is something we all need to understand. When our imprisoned comrades and freedom fighters take a stand for justice, they are almost always targeted by the prison authorities for retribution. This is not something unique to only Texas. I have a comrade and friend here in Indiana named Kwame Shakur. You may have heard of him. Kwame has done phenomenal work in Indiana prisons, which helps shine a discerning spotlight on some of the injustices Indiana DOC uses in order to infringe upon prisoners' First Amendment free speech rights. However, many times Kwame Shakur is retaliated against because he attempts to educate and raise the political consciousness of new African black people who have found themselves trapped in an Indiana prison. If you haven't heard of Kwame Shakur, you most certainly should do some research because, in my opinion, he is one of Indiana's hidden treasures. But I've digressed a bit, haven't I? So much to say, but let's get back to contaminated water supplies in Texas prisons. Now, I have a close comrade and friend named Norris Yak Yak Hicks, who is currently housed at the HH co unit located in Tennessee Colony, Texas. Yak Yak has been incarcerated over 30 years and has not been released yet. Yak Yak has reported for years that the water supply at the Cofield unit is contaminated. Lately, they have been suffering from a bacteria known as H. pylori. Now, I am actually very familiar with H. pylori because it was discovered in the water supply at a prison I was housed at between November 2016 and June 2018, the famous East Ham unit located in Lovelady, Texas. H. pylori actually eats at the lining of your stomach, and although there is treatment, there is no actual cure. That is a big problem. Now, I did an extensive study on H. pylori in prisons that have hog farms. You might want to pay close attention, folks. My essay was actually circulated very broadly and was printed and posted in numerous magazines, newspapers, and websites. What I learned is that there was a significant connection between contaminated water and these hog farms. You see, the overabundance of fecal waste produced by the hogs contaminates the groundwater and seeps into many of these water wells, thus producing coliform bacterial levels which are harmful to human beings. H. pylori is another bacteria which has a connection to the hog manure. Many times the state doesn't show due diligence in ensuring that the prisoners have access to clean water supplies because no one is holding them accountable to do so. Sadly, in America, prisoners have been relegated to a status of subhuman. Of course, there are a disproportionate number of black and Latinx human beings trapped in these cages, but there is an ever-growing number of poor white folks who suffer too. There is a class war going on in America. If you are poor, then imperialist multinational corporations and fat cat bankers seek to exploit and mistreat you by any means necessary. Remember what happened in Flint, Michigan? Those were not prisoners. Those were free world folks. Many children were harmed by high levels of lead in the water, and they are still being affected. 
This happened on Obama's watch. So don't get to thinking that the Democrats are that much better than Republicans when it comes to protecting the public. Do you realize that any level of lead is dangerous to a child and affects their cognitive development? The Environmental Protection Agency has a duty to protect our children, but they have failed us time and time again. In Texas, the state entity which is in charge of ensuring that we are not forced to drink contaminated water is the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. The TCEQ, as it is known, has actually worked with the prison agency, the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, to cover up the presence of toxic and contaminated water supplies. Without organizations like Fight Toxic Prisons and media partners like KiteLine Radio, these abuses and violations of the public's trust would remain hidden from public scrutiny. I could discuss this topic for hours. But before I leave, y'all, I want to get out one more fact about East Ham Unit and lead contamination in the water supply. Now, we have a serious ongoing problem at Cofield Unit in regard to the H. pylori that is going on right now. At East Ham Unit, there has been a historical problem with high levels of lead and copper in the water supply, and this comes from deteriorating and corroded service lines. Now, remember, folks, I studied these topics when the quote-unquote newer East Ham building was built in 1956 or so, Lead solder was allowed in order to join pipes together. But in 1986, something changed. Lead solder was forbidden. So you would think the state of Texas would change all those pipes out at East Ham Unit that were joined together with lead-based solder. Well, you thought wrong. The motto in Texas is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I know y'all always thought everything is big in Texas. Well, you're right. We got big-time corruption, big-time racism, and big-time human rights abuses. Everything is big down here. Now, in the past seven years, the lead levels have been steady rising in East Ham's water supply, and lead contamination in adults is different than in children. High levels of lead in adults causes high blood pressure. Now, what happens when you factor in that many of the prisoners at East Ham are black men who have had a predisposition towards being diagnosed with high blood pressure? What happens when you force them to drink this lead-tainted water and house them in red brick prisons without any air conditioning? That, my friends, is a formula for disaster. In many instances, the, the state of Texas is not just turning a blind eye to the problem. They are 100% culpable in driving us prematurely to our graves. Now, do you understand why I have been labeled a serious threat to security? It has nothing to do with physical violence, sisters and brothers. It has to do with my ability to articulate the nature of the wrong being done to us down here in these slave camps and gulags. Without our friends at KiteLine Radio, this message may have never gotten out. So by all means necessary, send a healthy donation to KiteLine Radio or donate some of your time in order to support this meaningful work and the service to our community that they provide. Remember, America incarcerates more of its citizens than any country in the world. So I know sw someone out there listening to Comrade Sloan's voice is interested in what is being said. If you'd like to write me, I'll ask Sloan to provide KiteLine with my address. I'd love for y'all to drop me a line. Until next time, this is Comrade Malik reporting in from behind enemy lines. Dare to struggle, dare to win, all power to the people. Kevin Barry, one of the Vaughn 17, released a statement in solidarity with June 11th, addressing the case that he was facing in the wake of the prison uprising, the character of the prison system, and his relation to abolition. An update is that on June 12th, all charges were dropped for the Vaughn 17. Here is part of his statement. Peace and solidarity to all the men and women that's behind enemy lines who continue to resist and rebel against this oppressive system that we face every day. Now to my June 11th statement. As I sit here in my cell and write this, I really don't know what to write right now.
As I told friends of mine, I don't consider myself to be an anarchist. I wouldn't put a label on what I do and stand for as a man. I just write how I feel and what's on my mind, and hopefully other brothers and sisters behind enemy lines feel the same way. I hate all authority figures, police, COs, judges, etc., with a passion. Some may ask why. My answer to that is why not? These so-called authority figures don't do anything but oppress people, mainly people of color, trans men and women, and homeless people. So that's why I hate them. I want to touch on something else I'm passionate about, the abolition of all these concentration camps, prisons. I am with the abolishment of these concentration camps by any means necessary, as Malcolm X once famously put it. But to do away with these concentration camps, it must first start with us, the men and women who are in these camps, who endure every form of oppression daily, may it be verbally, mentally, physically, or sexually, we face it every day by our oppressor. To see the abolishment of these camps, we must resist and rebel against our oppressor. We speak of resistance all the time, but know that words with no actions is just talk. It starts with us, and it's time that we stand for something or continue to fall for anything. Fred Hampton, Dare to Struggle, You Dare to Win. Peace to all, Vaughn 17, Kev. And lastly, we return to Brandon Ackerson. It's another excerpt from a piece I call I wrote called Break Free, which is a class favorite. I can say that. <laughs> right, this is the end. It said, uh, can I even survive outside of these guard towers, control line movements, along with the free house and meals and medical? Or am I too broken like these birds I view, secretly hoping one day people stop feeding them so they can fend for themselves and make it on their own like nature intended? I want them to wake up and fly away to greener pastures, never to return and create a future generation of eggs to hatch will be born in freedom. They will fly high and explore the endless sky. Maybe then I will be able to see the hope in me after a caged bird breaks free. That was basically just a piece about is is these birds that be in the yard that people feed, you know, just common sparrows, but people throw bread, cake, cornbread, crumbs, and stuff out there for them. So you got these birds that they become pets, basically. They sit around the yard just waiting on you to come out of the child hall so you can just give them your scraps of food. I'm like, man, these birds locked up too, man. Like, they got wings, can fly away, man, go anywhere, do anything. But they don't. They sit here and wait for the next handout. And I got to looking at my life and situation based off of that. Like, I got all these skills and talents, but I'm sitting here looking crazy in prison. And why? You know, like, what is holding me back? Am I holding myself back? Am I like these birds? Am I taking, you know what I'm saying, the free gimmies, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and making it off of what, you know, this system has created for me instead of, you know what I'm saying, getting my stuff together, fighting to get out of here and going out there and making it on my own, in my own, own lane, you know. So, you know, I kind of was holding resentment towards the birds, but it really wasn't resentment towards the birds, it was resentment towards myself. Like, man, you need to you need to do something. You need to change. You need to grow. You need to, you know what I'm saying? So, all right, this is a piece called Rise Through the Fall. 
You know what I'm saying? It says, thank you is a phrase that is often underrated. We say it to let people know they are appreciated. But what do you say when gratitude is not enough? When words can't convey what you feel or how you're touched? If I could remind, if I could rewind back through my lifeline, I would cherish you more than my own lifetime. The things you taught me, I could never regret. I could never forget. The mistakes I made, I will always regret. Family is a word we don't take lightly. It gives fire to our souls. It strikes like lightning because family means more than being related. It's about the pain, joy, suffering, and your loyalty not being negated. My big sisters to me are more like moms blended with friendships that I can always depend on. My supreme icons. And after 17 years of solid confinement, only a few live who know where all the time went. There are the voices of reason amongst a sea of treason. While all my bandwagon fans will leave and my true supporters never miss the season. They are righteous representatives, bred to love and loyal to a fault. Winter's sleep, summer's rain, and spring's fall, no matter the weather, we ride and stand tall. Because that is the only way to rise through the fall. For me personally, things to help is support system and having a plan. Uh, a lot of people say they're going to come out here and just, you know, like, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But you got to have an active plan. Even if it's just like go out there, get a job, any job, it doesn't matter. Like my first priority is to get a job. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to you gotta have some, some goals to stick with. You got to have some type of blueprint to follow. You know what I'm saying? Because it's so easy to get caught up. It's so overwhelming. You know what I'm saying? When you come out here. Because people, you know what I'm saying? They might know where you came from, but they might not understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you've been in prison, but what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? Does that mean you can't function out here? Does that mean you have no skills? Does that mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got mental health problems? Does that mean that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got arrested development? Does that mean, like, what does it mean for you to go to prison? What did prison mean to you? Like, what did you do in prison? Like, how are you coming back out here? So for me, having a plan, having a support system and and some discipline to stand on that. Like it was many times that things weren't going right. Like I came out here, got a job the second day I was out here. But the job, I was so happy just to have a job and be doing something that I thought I was good. I was still you know what I'm saying, on the cloud from coming home from prison. But then I'm seeing things, you know what I'm saying, working at the job. You know, they not let me get overtime. They not letting me, you know what I'm saying, move up a position. It's 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 all these things that's hit me all at one time and it's affecting me. And I'm like, ah oh, man, this ain't what I thought it was. Da, 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 da. But you know what I'm saying? Like you gotta be able to persevere through that. Me personally, I quit that job. I wasn't happy. You know, but you landed somewhere. Yeah, I got another job, just like that. You know what I'm saying? And people was looking at me, kind of like, ah, oh, man, quit that job, man. Ah, uh, he about to be doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like they just assumed some. So I didn't like ask nobody permission. I didn't do all that. I didn't for what? You know, I trust. I trusted myself and the decisions I'm making myself. You know, and I believe in me. So, you know, that's that's what these guys coming home. They gotta. They got to have a, a, a determination to do right. Come home and give it a try. 
and like I say, Miss Deb and a couple other people, my mentor, Miss Richard Samuels, like these are people that's out here in the reentry community, you know what I'm saying, that's actively trying to help people. It's a lot of things you can do to, you know what I'm saying, get yourself back on track. No, you don't have to go to back go back to what you always did or what you know or you know what I'm saying, like what's waiting on you on the other side of that coin. Like you can, you know what I'm saying, you can do you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of things out here you can do to better yourself and you won't get caught up and put back into a position where you know I'm saying you you down and out again, you know. Cause I'm not going back to prison. That is over. I don't care about none of that. That's not even appealing to me. So that's my determination. I made it out of there, you know, people believe in me, I believe in myself, and I got something to say and bring to the table out here. So I'm currently trying to, you know what I'm saying, trying to get into the reentry field with Miss, you know what I'm saying, Deborah and them and, and help out. I'm talking to the youth. I got, you know what I'm saying, my nephew and little cousins and, you know what I'm saying, uh, like my guys' sons and daughters. And, you know what I'm saying, like I'm active in the community, you know, even if it's just to tell, you know what I'm saying, the kids like that ain't that ain't what it is, you know. But I got my own swag with it, too. I'm not out here preaching to them, tell them don't do that, this wrong, you know what I'm saying, like. You gotta you gotta respect their mind too. These are young adults. These are people that's making their own decision. They don't like people talking at them. I know when I was young, I didn't. So I kind of talk to them on their level. You know what I'm saying? Okay, you, you know what I'm saying? You you shorty, you know, you coming up out here, it's hard, it's a lot of pressures and stuff, but man, you gotta think. You know what I'm saying? I land a seed and just think, man. Think about your future. Think about if you get caught up and you gotta go do this. Like, who's going to be there in the end? Do you know? Like, is you ready for that? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not really worth it, man. So I hope they listen. I mean, you know, I'm just happy to be back out here, man. It was a long, you know what I'm saying, long journey, long path, man, but much needed. Like, I can accept that. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever the case, when it all said and done with, people ask me, am I bitter? You know, being that my case was a situation where, like, the police shot me. I didn't hurt this dude at all. I didn't do none of this dude. Got pulled over, traffic stop, police jumped out, they panicked. I got shot. All right. I get 30 years for this. I do 18. I come home. Everybody wouldn't know if I'm bitter, if I'm mad, if you know what I'm saying, this, this, that, another. Why? You see what I'm saying? Like, why? You can't you can't grow in anger. I can't sit here, be mad. You know what I'm saying? Caught up and dwelling on the past and then moving forward, being progressive and doing something positive. It's not gonna work. I had to let that go. And I did the time, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's what's me being mad gonna do? That ain't gonna help me through that time. It ain't gonna help me out here in these streets. Like you got to move on and keep it pushing. So like I say, I take that. I take that as a, a learning experience in my life that in put me on a level that I probably would have never been on if I hadn't had that experience, you know. So I take it. You know what I'm saying? I take that experience. It's like a bad relationship you never wanted to go through, but it show you something for the future. So in closing, I'm just happy that I survived. You know? I'm a survivor. You know? <laughs> This has been KiteLine. Anyone can reach us via our P.O. Box, KiteLine Radio, P.O. Box 2422, Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. You can hear previous episodes of our show at wfhb.org forward slash KiteLine. 
For more information on the stories we air on KiteLine, check out kitelineradio.noblogs.org. If you or someone you care about has been affected by the prison system, you can call us to be interviewed or to record a message to be played on the air at 812-269-2512. We also want your feedback and to share your story. Feel free to write us at kiteline at wfhb.org. You can follow KiteLine Radio on all social media platforms. If you want to support our work, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash KiteLine Radio Show. Any funds raised beyond operating costs will be sent to folks on the inside. KiteLine is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. KiteLine, WFHB, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the opinions expressed on the show. Please join us every Friday for more stories, news, and insights about the impact of prison on our community. Thank you for listening. Oh.